and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, a.k.a. the Reese Incarnate, Bach Lesnar. And today is the 4th of July. We are recording on 4th of July um, evening. Right now, outside of my apartment window, I am looking at the uh, river fireworks. Actually, it's beautiful. Um, oh, wow. Unfortunately, there's, like, there's this huge tree in front. But 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 the tree doesn't have that many branches, so I can like still see slivers of this really awesome firework show that's happening on the river here uh, in Cincinnati. Um, so that's cool, Reese. How what's what's going on? How was your Fourth of July? Why don't you tell the audience what you're wearing too? Yeah, dude, I'm wearing my annual Freedom Tank top, which is Ronald Reagan with the Uzi and the uh, rocket launcher strapped to his back, riding the <laughs> Velociraptor while got an American flag behind him. Yeah, it's you know it's it's canon. This actually happened. You know, he eats jelly beans. He turns into like American Popeye. That's just how it goes. Uh, yeah, but it's no, hidden in the uh, Liberty Bell. If you yeah, go, there's a picture of it. A hundred percent, dude. It's one of those things you gotta like. This is what National Treasure Three was gonna be about. But I'm sorry, like the woke media was too afraid to go there. <laughs> So we were deprived of Ronald Reagan and the Jurassic Reese, don't World go crossover. The, don't, don't go after the woke media. We're going to lose our sponsorship. I'm sorry. I thought this was America and I was a no holds bars podcast host. You know, Wh- when can I express my freedom of speech? If not on this most free day, <laughs> we're going to start trending with, um, what's like with, with Joe Rogan and like, we're going to have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on next week. Hey, RLT, you ever done DMT? You know, it's a really cool thing, man. I, I'm with you on this. <laughs> Have you seen Robert Kennedy Jr.? Have you seen how jacked he is? No. Is he like... <laughs> so, like, yeah, Robert Kennedy Jr. is going to run for the Democratic... Uh, sorry, we're getting political. It's not really political. It's just funny. It's the 4th um, of he, July. He's running, he, he's running as a as a Democrat nominee, and, like, he's definitely on the, like... I don't know. He's definitely, like, in the Joe Rogan... Um, politics side i'll leave it at that oh yeah um, but there's but but he has videos like on his campaign ads of him just like shredding the bar dude like he is he is going at it and it, he's probably 60 he's in his 60s but that dude is shredded dude kind of he looks like R- ronald reagan on your on your shirt right now dude he's age hashtag 69 so of course he's gonna be the candidate no way. hold on <laughs> check out this photo i'm sending you and tell me that he does not look like he'd be like a las vegas arnold schwarzenegger impersonator <laughs> right he's, he's like he's like if arnold and like frank sinatra had a baby yeah dude i love it man yeah he's he's pretty jacked that's a you know that's a thick bowl of clam chowder right there mm. wow we're about to get a whole new re- revenue stream after um having all these keywords pop up on the uh on the google chat or on, on google Found City Sports Media talks about Joe Rogan and, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and how jacked he is. Found City Sports Media, a fountain of knowledge for the enlightened viewer. <laughs> we get like four hundred thousand dollar donation from like <laughs> V V for Vendetta three four five six. Yeah, basically, it's like wow, our listening up in like Bozeman, Montana, and Grand Forks, North Dakota, is through the roof right now. What's going on? <laughs> Cody, Wyoming, we were sponsored. Oh man! All right, this just went way off the rails. Reese, how's your Fourth of July? Uh, so much like the founding fathers renovated this country, I was spending time renovating that house that I purchased, and uh, it was a bit of a journey. Tool time, Reese. Here, here's the tool time, Reese section, dude. So. 
my parents came down because we were originally going to go up to Fourth of July in Iowa and kick it and have a bit of like a retreat. But with the house needing what it needed to be done, they came down to help oh, us nice. just take care of a few things. Yeah, so it was, it was great to see them. They brought their dog, which is a wire fox terrier, which we used to have growing up. But their dog is legit, like the the proper size of the breed. Ours is huge for the breed, and there's like the proper All size. Right. So he's like, it's like a hobbit size version of our dog we had growing up. But she's sweet, and Bowie got along with her really well. Oh, great. Uh, but anyway, we did a lot of renovating in the house. So we have to paint literally every wall and some of the ceilings just because, like, Jeez. the colors in there. Like, the basement is this weird mustard yellow. One of the kids' bedrooms is, like, purple. The entire rest of the house is Robin's egg blue with, like, these dark blue kitchen cabinets. So it's just like, oh, bruh. So ultimately... Uh, we had to sand down every wall in the house with some orbital sanders to get those things oh prepped God. to be primed. So we were just hoping it was going to be kind of like spot sanding, priming, and all that stuff. Then we had to sand all the walls. Uh, there was one bathroom we knew we had to gut, but we hoped it was just going to be like tear up this bad flooring, you know, take out the tub, take out these cabinets, and like put in the stuff we want and like layer some tile in there. Nah, bro, we had to take that down to the studs because we found some black oh. mold hanging out in the uh, insulation. And oh then we turn, it turns out when we got the tub removed, but not out of the bathroom, because imagine something like a, a bathtub. There's a dead body in there. Well, basically, my, I wish it was a dead body. So, <laughs> you know how heavy like a cast iron frying pan is, <laughs> Joe right? Rogan, RFK, hoping there's dead bodies in his new house. Jeez. Yo, man, this guy's spitting. We got to get him on the show. No. So, anyway, you can envision how heavy a cast iron frying pan is, right? Just a frying yeah. pan. Mm-hmm. Yep. The bathtub is literally all cast iron with a porcelain top on it it is the heaviest most unruly thing i have ever lifted in my life and because of when this house was built you know everything's kind of narrow everything's kind of short we legit Mm -hmm. couldn't find a way to get this down to sets not huge stairs two sets of like seven stairs without being like how are we not just going to like destroy the floor one of the walls in the meantime so we're probably gonna have to hire somebody to like get a torch in there and like cut that thing in half so we can get it removed but uh the the fun thing was the other big thing is there's this giant pile of like scrap wood and brush and crap that the former owner like left behind the house. So I'm like, well, we have a dumpster this weekend, like a big dumpster. I'll clear that crap out. So I get probably a third of the way through that pile behind the fence. I lift up this log to throw it over my shoulder and out plops this freaking copperhead snake. And I'm not talking oh. and I'm not talking like, you know, the little like pencil like triple thick spaghetti snakes no i'm talking this was like the width of a toilet paper roll and probably like three feet long snake oh hell no so i uttered a four-letter word and i got out of dodge i tell you what because i just thought i'm just like oh sneaky snake i don't want to mess with that guy he didn't want to mess with me either he went he went back into the brush pile but uh, oh, okay. we looked it up online, and yeah, it was they're like, yeah, copperheads are popular in northwest Missouri, under brush piles that have been there for a long time, and on the <laughs> banks near bodies of water. And we have a creek that runs like at the bottom of our hill. Check, check, check. Yeah. So not a fun time for Dude, me. That's literally that's literally my nightmare. Yeah, it's I mean, I've seen snakes before, but the wildlife in Missouri isn't like being in the Amazon or anything. But in Iowa, a lot of like the really nasty stuff, it gets too cold there for them to live. But like in Missouri, mm. you got lizards, you got serious snakes like that. You got brown recluses, you got armadillos, you know, mm. you, d- you just don't have that in Iowa. 
Yeah, that's gross. I'm a city boy. I hate all snakes. I hate all spiders. I would have freaked out and I would have sold that house the next week. Yeah, dude. I, I left a snake alone because we got this like standing agreement that he takes care of all like the mice and the crap around our house. All right. Uh, but yeah, that was basically my weekend. Well, that sounds fun. And how about today? What did you do today? Uh, today was our first day off since uh, Friday afternoon working on the house. So God, I bet you guys were exhausted. So we had to go back to the house today to make sure the water was okay because a water main burst at like the bottom of our street and they were working on it for Ooh. like 10 hours yesterday. So we had to make sure there wasn't any flooding in our house as a result of that. Uh, we're good. What else did we do? We just kind of kicked it today, man. I, I slept in hard. I took Bowie out. Then I went back to bed and slept till like 10. And then I think Noel made his pancakes. We just kind of kicked it. I looked for washer-dryer combos because we need one of those bad boys for the house. Uh, Then we took Bowie on a nature walk and watched some succession. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. What season are you on now? Without any spoilers, I just finished the episode with the uh, shareholder meeting in season three. Mm, How many seasons are are there total? Four. Okay. The shareholders meeting in three dude this is a pivotal okay, episode so, so you're not in the final that that's not the final episode right no no it's, it's oh, like the, halfway oh, but you're getting three. close yeah okay i yep, i know what happens there well yeah. it's a pivotal episode but so much crap happens after that like that oh, is gosh. just a figment of your imagination oh i won't spoil word. it for you no thank you i appreciate honestly that. season um the season three finale is probably one of my like all-time favorite finales of anything Oh my word! I can't yeah, wait. You're love it. You're like, love it. I think we're three episodes away from the season three finale. So. Oh yeah. Oh and oh yeah. You're at a perfect spot. It's just gonna keep getting better and better. Dude, I can't wait. Enjoy, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Well, so now the representative from Cincinnati has the floor. Armando, what have you been up to, man? Uh, yeah, court court is in session. Um, <laughs> I you know it's funny. I just saw the mayor on TV. Got he got in trouble for something else. Of course he did. Dude, that <laughs> what was quit. it? Ah, uh, it was like, it's like he's trying to. G- nope, nope, that wasn't it. Nope, never mind. I'm not. I'm not even going to say what it was. But it was just something stupid and like, like clearly, I don't think Cincinnati likes this guy, and it, it's hilarious. That he, um, is, anyway, is it that he proclaimed on. June 30th as Taylor Swift Day? No, no, everyone loved the Swifty. Yeah, this weekend, uh, Taylor Swift did two concerts, and it was like it was raucous around here. No, uh, I'll, I'll I'll remember it, or or it was kind of dumb anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but anyway, today I uh, went out with some friends, and we played basketball. I haven't played basketball in a long time, and these people are like, okay, like we're we're not like hardcore ballers anyway. But yeah, dude, I'll tell you, we played for like an hour and a half, and I feel like I just ran like three marathons in a row you know when you like wake up after a really bad workout the day before or like a really tough workout and you're just so sore oh yeah I'd like i felt that already before i've even gone to bed like i oh, felt baby. like i've already woken up and already like in this like sore muscle mode and i can't even imagine what i'm gonna feel like tomorrow so i guess that means i'm getting old but um and, and like i wasn't even playing hard but um i had this great pick and roll game going where like my my jump shot was just falling dude like oh, i would baby. get like a sliver of space and i would just knock them like dude my 
my my mid range is is I don't know if it's elite Reese because I know we talk we, I I know that we throw around the uh, the uh, e word a lot on this podcast oh, yeah. so I'm not gonna say elite but maybe I'm like superstar mid mid range pick and roll baby dude I remember back when we used to play at the UMKC arena shout out Ruse you had like the finisher badge like if, if we could get you some space <laughs> really? on that roll oh yeah you were going up in the paint and just like finger rolling it in on people I dude don't remember that I, that's because you were too busy like dunking on him dude just going I, just yeah just sometimes you just got to play out of your mind baby yeah man i had like i had like the dennis rodman rebounding bads just because like no one was my height when we played so i'm just like oh, boards but that was about all i was good for i remember that no you were great you were great in the paint I think you also had like a a little post like like, like an old postman game going. You know, I, I think you, Nico, you Nico had a like Jokish. Tyson Chandler game going. What, what, what Tyson Chandler game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like because you were like very dominant on defense, and you can like you you can put it up if you needed to put it up, but it yeah. wasn't like like you know the thing. The shot looks good enough that people are like, "crap, <laughs> we can't leave him open," but like the shot never goes in. But it's just it looks good enough that it's like he's gonna get hot. Tyson Chandler, baby, that that's Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, yeah, man. So that was that was us back in the day, man. <laughs> that's funny. That was fun. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, but Reese, while here, why don't we make this twofold? Let's let's cap my Fourth um, of July basketball with you talking about Cincinnati while I open up this beer and get it ready for the beer review. So, Reese, um, while I opened up this beer. Um, I just want to let you know, I was in Cincinnati. It's 4th of July. You know, yep. everyone has the uh, the uh, day off. I'm there from 12 to 2. That's like prime pickup basketball hour. I am at like one of the best public courts in Cincinnati. Zero people there. The reason there's zero people playing ball in Cincinnati is because everyone's chanting, where day, where day. And I'll tell you what, that backwater basketball team, the Cincinnati Royals, were such scrubs that when Kansas City acquired them, we didn't want all that stink of shame, so we split the squad with Omaha. And then after it was like two or three years, we're like, yo, forget this. This is such damaged goods. We don't even want them anymore. And that's why they're in Sacramento right now, dude. That's the whole story. That's all canon. Look it up. And what's what's funny is that like they they have a lot of basketball courts like they've definitely put a lot of money into public parks in Cincinnati and more so just like downtown Cincinnati and midtown Cincinnati. Um, I there's probably within a two mile radius there's probably seven like good basketball courts around. Um, it's a very interesting city. I think it like <laughs> I don't want to bash it, but it's definitely um, uh, it's definitely a melting pot. And it's an acceptable melting pot, which is cool. But with that, um, I don't know. There's just a lot, like a lot of infrastructure that needs to happen in certain places. Um, so it's just weird yin and yang of like it's cool that everyone is like, you know, hanging out with each other and everyone's cool. But there's parts of town where it's just like, man, you guys didn't put any money into this at all. Yeah, dude, I fully hear you. Cincinnati is absolutely a melting pot. A melting pot of nothing but Velveeta, American cheese, and cheese whiz. A bunch of fake crap, dude. I'm telling you. 
And you know what's not fake crap, Reese? Is it's going to be this beer that I'm about to review for you all on this beer review. So we're going to start the podcast off. Well, I guess we just talked about Fourth of July for a very long time. Happy Fourth of July! Happy Independence Day to all to all us here in America. And if you're not in America and you like the USA, Happy Independence to you too. Because I know we had some people tuning in from like Germany at one point, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, shout out to all you. So I'm going to be reviewing a beer to start the podcast, and today I'm going to re- be reviewing. I found a really awesome bottle shop in Cincinnati called Standard Beer and they had um, a beer that I haven't tried but a brewery that I've had on here before so I'm going to be reviewing Brooklyn's uh, actually a Brooklyn brewery other half and I'm going to be reviewing their all citra everything which is a double dry hopped imperial IPA other half haven't we reviewed one of their beers on here before yeah, I just did, um, I think last year I reviewed one of, I think their Nelson I got when I was in Syracuse. Mm. So Other Half doesn't ship, like barely ships anywhere. Um, and just this random place in Cincinnati, they had a ton of Other Half. They said that their their beer buyer um, got hooked up with a sales rep um, in Brooklyn. So I guess one of their guys now ships it out in Cincinnati. So it's rare to get, especially in the Midwest. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. That's that's very cool. Well, for those of you who are just joining us here for the first time, we review beers uh, with four big categories, being appearance, aroma, flavor, and mouthfeel. Those are our big four. And for every category Armando goes by, he's going to give it a rating of one to ten. One being Cincinnati and ten being Kansas City. So, Armando, without further ado, why don't you tell us about the appearance of this beer? All right, uh, so just poured into a glass. Um, it's it's looking pretty thick. Um, this is a really nice kind of like banana color, uh, pretty pretty murky in there, which is what you want to see in a double hazy, um, actually imperial double dry hopped hazy. Um, the head retention isn't great on this one. I, I've had a few of them already, <clears throat> but um, the head kind of dissipated pretty quickly. Uh, but appearance does look good. I think what's different is that this is definitely a lighter yellow where a lot of times the, um, the haziness becomes this like orangey color where I don't really get a lot of orange on this one. Mm-hmm. And it could be that it's all citra. I have no idea. But um, a little different take on a double hazy. Still looks pretty good. So how about an 8.5? All right. 8.5 is a good place to start. In category number two, aroma. Do you get a lot of banana on the aroma or what kind of thing do you get on that? <laughs> yeah, please, please go to season one and then go to season, I don't know, three when you made that that infamous uh, remix of me saying milky banana, 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 banana. Yeah. You know, I'm going to upload that to Patreon for our Patreon subscribers. So they can you should. It's it. good, dude. Make it the All, ringtone. Pretty, every song that you've made, Reese. You know what? You should put your album that you made, you know, eons ago. Oh, man. My album I made eons put ago. It, put it as, as Patreon content. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I'll, I'll talk to my producers, you know, see if I can get the rights to my music back. Because not only is Reese an amazing performer, but Reese is also an amazing composer. Oh, um, and truly, he makes he makes some beats, man. I mean, I'm we, we got ooh, Diamond in the Rough. Diamond in the Rough here. Uh, anyway, what are we doing? Flavor. Flavor, baby. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, no. <laughs> we're not doing flavor. We're doing aroma. All right, aroma on this. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of orange. Obviously, um, I get a little hint of vanilla. Actually, no. It actually is very vanilla. I don't want to say perfumey because that's an off flavor, um, but it's like it is very uh, sweet vanilla. 
Um, I'm sure there's some, maybe marshmallow. Actually, you could say it was That's floral. Floral's not a yeah, kind of perfumey. Not floral, but I think like perfumey in the states of like it. Sorry, um, an off flavor of like taste is perfumey. So if it tastes perfumey, then that is a that's an off flavor. Sorry, I, I guess it, it could it could smell. Perfumey. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, and maybe it's the marshmallow that I'm smelling, and not necessarily the vanilla that makes it like super rich and like almost candy like. Yeah, um, that could be. You know, I love that in IPA. So how about a nine point two? Ooh, dang! I you know you're painting a great picture. This is the kind of hazy IPA I want to be sipping on right now. Oh, you, you know, I love my juicy, sweet, sweet, sweet IPA. Mm, love it. All right, category number three is gonna be flavor. You gotta tell us. This thing's banana-y. It smells like marshmallow. It hopefully doesn't taste like perfume. But what notes are you getting on that hazy boy? <laughs> All right. One sec. This is so good. He has to turn away. He's tur- he's turning his mic off so he can say the things he wants to say, guys. He's got the president in his ear right now. He's asking his opinion. He says, Armando, I'm trying to throw the dopest Fourth of July barbecue, and I need the dankest, haziest beers. Which one should I select? <laughs> no, my my uh, my baby started crying. This is this is Patreon content. I'm giving you a behind the scenes look right now. I start I start drinking it. I hear the baby cry. And then I start freaking out. It was me. Was it me? Was it the fireworks? Probably the fireworks. There's like fireworks right outside. Oh I'm like, yeah, he was dude, trying to go to bed. Come on, fireworks. It's crazy, man. We got the rockets, red, white, and blue glare going on here. <laughs> All right, flavor. Um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful flavor. I'm getting a lot of orange. Not not any of that marshmallow stuff that I smelled. Definitely some vanilla. Almost some coconut as well. Let me do another taste. Very nice. Mm. Yeah, actually, almost like Tang. Remember, uh, remember oh. Tang back in the day? Ooh, dude, t- Tang, the drink for astronauts designed for our brave astronauts <laughs> who beat the Soviets <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a mix of like Tang and Sunny D, where it's like you would never taste a vanilla on a Sunny D, but I think that's where the sweetness is coming from for me. Is like that. I think I'm um, not mixing up the flavors, but it's like just drink tang and put alcohol in it and that's almost this right here it's it's such a wonderful flavor and it's not too much like i know when i say tang that might turn some people off and say like oh armando's having just straight up sugar and orange but it really is like a perfect balance of flavors with you know you can still taste that alcohol you can still taste a lot of that citrus and then you can still taste a lot of that sweet so i love it man this is good um eight point oh no not eight sorry nine point six delicious flavor yeah, not, well, I, not I a 10 you. because of like because of the because of the nelson ipas i've had it's just it's just my favorite flavor that it 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 still doesn't go all the way up but it, i love citra it's a great hop citra's fantastic hop so speaking of fantastic things you mentioned sunny d when you were a kid you ever have tampico it, it, yes but not memorable Oh, dude, Tampico. Like, 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 I can't, I don't have any, like, childhood memories from Tampico. But, yeah, I remember it, it had the, that was in the green font. Tampico was the was for the people whose parents were too afraid to buy them Crayola crayons and they got the rose art, man. <laughs> Tampico is for the people that are out there rose actually art. balling on the basketball courts in Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, it's, 
it's a real grind out there if you had Tampico. <laughs> That's and funny. Did you ever have um? Here's here's a, a blast from the past. That nectar juice that was like strawberry oh, yeah. banana. That oh yeah, that was like my all time favorite childhood drink. Is whatever the the nectar flavors were, but the strawberry banana one was just like so good. Is no wait, is nectar the stuff that came in the can? Oh yes, but nope. I'm not thinking of that. I'm thinking of like a carton. Oh, interesting. I thought it was called nectar. Maybe it wasn't. Hmm. Because yeah, the, the nectar I had, we could get at like the Hispanic store in town, and it like came in yeah, a can. No. And it was like super, super viscous. It was I good. know what you're. I know what you're talking about, but nope, that's not it. Okay. That's like Kearns. Like you're thinking of Kearns. Ah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Although I like Kearns. Anyway, maybe I don't. I don't remember what the brand was, but it was like a carton of this beautiful strawberry banana smoothie. I mean, but it was like a breakfast drink. Really? A breakfast drink? It was called Nectar? That's fascinating. I think it was called Nectar. I don't know. But it was uh, delightful. Anyway, we're talking about beer. What else? What else do we have, Reese? All right. Final category is going to be mouthfeel. What's mouth the feel. mouthfeel on this hazy IPA? Yeah, the mouthfeel is very heavy. There's nothing... I mean, it's a little crispy, but I mean, it's not light at all. This is... This is super dense, a lot of volume to it. Um, you know, like people describe some hazies like a juice bomb. I definitely get that juice bomb weight on um, the mouthfeel. I love it because that's, you know, that's what I want. I don't want it to be light. I don't want it to be crispy. I want it to be heavy, especially if it's a Imperial IPA from a very well-known brewery. You know, you want to make sure that that flavor profile is immense. Totally. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm getting an immense flavor profile from this beautiful IPA a 9.7 on mouthfeel oh, dude throwing a lot of high nines in this this oh, is yeah. very impressive other so that us- around oh whoops I can't say that oh well <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna lead us to our fifth and final category which is stonks drinkability quotient you get a freestyle on this beer now I'm, I'm hearing a lot of nines I'm hearing a lot of things going on this is a very special beer so how does this beer make you feel well first I want to talk about the can art you know, like Nike is so simple. It's such a simple logo. Um, it's so chic, right? It, it 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 lets it lets the product speak for itself. It doesn't have to do anything crazy with it, with the with the logo and the brand to make you appeal to it. It's just it's a great product. That's why you buy it. And it's the same here. It's got this really nice, as you can see, it's a very simple, like, red, rose-colored kind of 3D look on this can. But it's very simple. And, you know, it. this is kind of their, like, this is their brand. All of their beers has have this very similar ratio of, like, regular can, a really solid neon color, and then that's it. And, but you know, it's other half, right? When I go to the store and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's other half, just because, like, this is what it is. And again, the beer speaks for itself. It's just, it's such a great beer. All the beers that they make that I've had, I haven't had anything other than their IPA. So maybe, you know, maybe their Pilsner's not up to snuff. I don't know. But every IPA that I've had from other half has just been like, solid um from when i worked with them at weldworks we did a 
we did a triple ipa collab with them so i have like i have a lot of memories from other half so Mm -hmm. like the brand is great the beer has always been good i have some personal memories with them i never got to go to their brewery in brooklyn though i definitely have to make a trip next time i'm down there but it's always just you know fire it's always a it's always elite reason with with an elite with with an elite brewery we got to give them elite rating 9.8 on stonk's drinkability quotient Dude, this was a very highly regarded beer, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Armando, it's fantastic. Well, and I, you f- and I bought this like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I need to do it on the podcast, but I'm gonna drink all of these before we have our next podcast. But you know what? I had some self restraint, and I waited. This is my last one. That's such a first world FCSM problem. Like the number of beers I get, that I'm like, <laughs> I want to review this in the podcast, so I have to leave it in my fridge indefinitely. <laughs> You know, and you just hope it doesn't turn by then. <laughs> and mine, I'm just like, I'm just like having to like meditate every day. Like, stay in the fridge, stay in the fridge, stay in the fridge, oh, yeah. young Padawan. Oh, yeah. My, my wife said, she's like, can I get you a beer? I'm like, yeah, anything but that silver can over there. I'm saving that for the podcast. <laughs> I'm so mean. No, but I do for funny. the viewers. I do for yeah, the look viewers. At, yeah, look at, look at what we're doing for you viewers. We are sacrificing our taste buds so that we can enjoy it in front of you live. You know, I'm going to throw Cincinnati quick bone here. I do have to say, if you circled on a map where the epicenter of beer distribution is, the best spot in the country might be Ohio because they're close enough to the East Coast to get some of those regional East Coast breweries distro. They're close enough to the Midwest to get some of those good Midwest brewery distro. And also probably a big enough metro to be getting some of those like Mount Rocky Mountain West Coast distros that might not get to other parts of the country. So I would actually be really curious to see what a beer store in Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, or uh, even everyone's favorite city... Toledo looks like. <laughs> well, Cleveland, I, I don't think you're going to be very impressed because I was there recently and I went to a beer store. It wasn't much. Uh, but here, so, like there, there is a couple places which are really great. And kind of talking geographically, I think that like that's how Cincinnati made their name in the early 1900s is because they do they they do have the river here that this was like a, a main port city. And before St. Louis became the like midway point of America Mm -hmm. Cincinnati tried to make themselves the midway point of America and be like the destination from New York to LA and then that didn't work and then St. Louis tried and then that didn't work and then Kansas City tried it and then it became a thing yeah you know it you know speaking of rivers in Cincinnati which makes me think of Rheingeist so if Rheingeist as I told you the other week that like ice cream like call it a Joe Burr if they haven't done that yet oh graders yeah yeah if we can get enough Patreon subscribing I'm going to go and patent the name Joe Geisty. So if Ryan Geist ever wants to make that beer, they have to come through me to get it. And they're going to have to come on the podcast and beg for it. Oh my gosh, those are so like like okay. So Rheingeist and Graders are like two Cincinnati staples and they apparently love their Joe Burrow. Never Good. heard of it any of those brands and and reese reese made both of those names on the fly and these people have been salivating with joe burrow for years and reese in two seconds made two like foundational names to two staples in cincinnati we have to get those patented (laughs) at the very least so we can like hold them hostage to be like okay forever like from now on until we're done you have to like mail us every new beer release you do (laughs) reese i'm 
I'm gonna need you to make one more name. So another famous Cincinnati thing is um, Skyline Chili. Reese, yeah. is there is there a hot dog that we could possibly name something after Joe Burrow? A hot dog named after Joe Burrow <laughs> or Let's Chili see. or something. Chili. Oh, I mean, we can do another burr like Chili. <laughs> could do another burr like Chili. Um, man, it's like Joe Burrow doesn't eat chili dogs. He eats cold dogs because he's ice cold. Eh, maybe not, but it's because I uh, put you on the spot. Uh, let's yeah, see how well, much. How much are patents? How much money to get a patent? I'm gonna look it up right now, and then we're gonna start our we're starting our um, campaign. Fifteen thousand to twenty thousand dollars to patent something. BS. Like, I can't be that much to get a name trademarked. I know. Wait, no, that's a patent. I, I want to trademark this. <laughs> Oh, okay. Right. How much one, is the trade? One second. Well, this also includes lawyer, lawyer fees. Oh well, uh, we got a we got we got the best lawyer in town. <laughs> All right, trademark is normally two hundred twenty-five dollars to six hundred dollars. We could do that. We, we have that, that on Patreon right. right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I didn't know we had that much, much that much money. That's great. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, we've been investing that carefully for a time just like this to get in on two future Cincinnati staples. They'll be like, Reese, Reese has been saving this money for three years just to do trademarks. They're going to be like, who the heck is Rise? Why does he have these names trademarked? Oh. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, this is great. Uh, let's segue out of here and let's talk about some Kansas City Chiefs because we're talking about the Bengals way too much. Although, I think we're going to go right back to some Bengals news right after this. Yeah, don't forget to eat your tea glizzins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back from a pretty fun beer review um, that kind of went off the rails, but all for, you know, if we have Kansas City Chiefs fans on, you probably love all that content that we talked about. And we're just going to keep the Cincinnati Bengals hate rolling with our next topic. So it's been a little while since we had our last podcast. Um, and since that, Orlando Brown Jr. was a guest host for the entirety of NFL Live. And I think that was June 26th was when he was on. Um, and and we got a lot of great quotes, Reese, and I want to start with this quote from him. He said, well, the question was at first, um, what's going to be the difference between working with Patrick Mahomes and working with Joe Burrow? And he had already done uh, training camp or mini training camp with Joe, so he already had a feel. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, it's going to be a lot more firm or no, sorry, it's, it's it means that I'm going to be a lot more firm, quicker and I can be more aggressive than I was with Patrick Mahomes, end quote. Reese, what does that mean? And why? He's going to be more firm? He's going to be firm, quicker, and aggressive uh, because because the Cincinnati offense and Joe Burrow allows him to be, and Cincinnati, or sorry, in Kansas City, did not allow him to be as firm, as quick, as aggressive. What are you talking Thoughts? What's he talking about firm? Like, is he going to do Pilates? Is he going to, like, tighten up his glutes and his abs or something? I don't know. That's not going to help you. And you don't just get, you know how you get quick? You drop weight. I said this before. He's like... 6'8", 350 pounds. He has to get down to like at least 335 if he wants to get any step of quickness. 
And a lot of the times it was just effort. And the fact that he, what's, what's the third one he said, like more powerful or something like that? Uh, third one is I can be more aggressive. Aggressive. Aggressive is not going to help you. We don't got strength in the bank. It's been a thing since his combine when he couldn't put up like 10 reps on the bench, dude. It's like you can be as aggressive as you want, but if you're slow, you just it's not going to be any good. Guys are still going to blow around you, dude. I don't know. He's just he's all talk, man. He's just always been all talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the uh, nuts and bolts. He he says another quote, but before we get to that quote, I just think it's curious that like he he just won a Super Bowl, and of course he didn't play like he didn't he didn't give us an A grade. He maybe gave us a C or in that because I think he was responsible um, for the blown play that twisted uh, Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Yes, but but despite all of that, like he's he's coming out and he's being very defensive in nfl live like like obviously nfl live is trying to throw him a bone they're trying to be like pretty nice when they talk about it but like like obj just like just had a super bowl and he won a super bowl ring and was like a pivotal part of the whole season but it just it's really weird where he's like still constantly trying to prove himself and he it just doesn't seem like he has a lot of confidence in himself um and and for him to say, I can be quicker, I can be more aggressive in this offense. Like, dude, the, our, our offense is so complex. Like, we need people that are aggressive on the line. Do you think Trey Smith is not aggressive? Do you think Creed Humphrey is not quick, aggressive, or firm? Do you think Joe Tooney is not quick, aggressive, or firm? Even even Andrew Wiley, right? Like, like all these guys, I think, I think that's a staple of our offensive line. And I feel like OBJ is, like, trying to make up for the facts that... I don't even know what... It's just... It's so confusing what he said and just kind of, like... Just very strange. Very strange for him to do that. Well, I don't get to. It's kind of like you mentioned, like like the dudes we have aren't aggressive. You can argue that other teams maybe have a top to bottom better offensive line than we have. Like the Eagles, you know, or the Niners. Okay, that's fine. You can sure, totally argue sure. that. But I think we can say with a little bit of certainty that at least when he was in Kansas City, he had the league's best interior offensive line with Tooney, Humphrey, and Smith. And especially yep. on his side, let's say he had the best left side of the line with Creed and Tooney helping him out. So now and he's pass pro and pass pro with Jerry McKinnon or Travis Kelsey. Maybe. Exactly. So now that he's in Cincinnati, maybe he's like, wow, this entire line is as bad as I am. I can't just like sandbag it and expect Creed and, you know, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on names now. Tooney, Joe Tooney expects them to pick up the slack for me anymore. That's what he's always saying. He's like, yeah. The Chiefs left me one on one in an island too much, and it's like that's that's your job if you're the highest paid left tackle in the league is to be able to win basically all your one on ones. If you're gonna lose to like the Boses of the world or Cleo Mack or Micah Parsons, those type of dudes, yeah, I understand if you can't win all your one on ones on them. But dude, he's getting blitzed around by like absolute nobody scrubs on the field yeah reese you bring up a great uh, a great comparison there because he really has to like like there there is no help anymore they really are going to have to rely on him in the cincinnati offense and he brings up another quote and i want to see what you think about it now he gets a little more into the weeds as to why he thinks um this offensive line or this offense is more is is superior than the Chiefs offense in the way that like he can help. So here we go. Um, starting quote. Now, as opposed to having to play in a lot more space with guys on my edge, guys have to now rush through me because Joe isn't necessarily a 12 or 13 yard type of guy where he's dropping back. 
he's going to be more of a seven to seven and a half yard guy getting the ball out. Reese, what do you have to say about that? Where, where OBJ thinks that he's going to be more successful because Joe doesn't drop back as far as Pat does. It ultimately doesn't matter because as we saw when it was with the Chiefs, he wasn't losing because of angles. He was losing because he was so slow off that first step that anyone and their grandma could get around him. I mean, that's seriously how it was every time. So this isn't back like 2020 or 2021 when Pat did have a case of the drop backs. He's where he just kind of like float and drift back there and suddenly he's 12, 13 yards. He's a much tighter quarterback. He's playing a little bit more kind of like three and a half, four step drop, you know, so he's not, you know, the tightest with his footwork yet. But that's never been one of his strengths. But let's not act like, you know, Pat's the reason why he was getting he was getting blown off the snap almost half the time, half the time in pass. Bro, it was terrible. Yeah, this this kind of goes back to my point from the beginning, but I'm going to kind of frame it in a better way a better way so like obj wants to be wanted to be the highest paid left tackle in nfl and nfl history yet if you are want to be right the highest paid why are you constantly um uh, making excuses for what the offense looked like in kansas city and then telling us how much easier it's going to be for you in cincinnati like like if you want to be the highest paid player you don't care what type of offense is being run you're saying like i'm going to be the dominant guy through and through and through but he's talking like a guy like oh don't worry it's going to be much better because joe burrow gets the ball off in three seconds joe burrow doesn't scramble around they have a better running game they have all this stuff it just all sounds like excuses, Reese. And we went back and forth in the entire season saying, you know, I don't know if OBJ is the guy when most of Kansas City was saying, no, he's the guy. Let's pay him the max. Let's give this guy. Let's make him the highest paid left tackle. The highest paid left tackle doesn't talk like this. Like the highest paid, they, they don't try to make excuses. They don't try to say, oh, well, just wait. I have all these all these things going in my favor. Everything's going to be great now. The highest left paid tackle doesn't say that. A lot of excuses. Sorry, OBJ, but like this is just like I'm it makes me upset for all the times that we talked about OBJ trying to be the highest paid player last year. Yeah, he's just a lot of talk. Kansas City gave him an opportunity for a show me year, which I hate using that term, but like for a show <laughs> us year. And what he showed them was he was they were correct in not investing with him. He got Pat's ankle just absolutely crushed in the playoffs. He got Pat blown up. <laughs> He and his buddy on the other side, Andrew Wiley, were the tied for the lowest rated pass protection grade and most quarterback hits and sacks Jeez. last year. It, it was it was just pitiful. Well, can I say one last thing about Cincinnati before we... Oh, uh, we love it. We, we love topic. this, Reese. Look, look, we're with the Kansas City fans. Kansas City fans love to talk crap about Cincinnati. The floor is yours, Reese. You know, Cincinnati is what it is and you know it attracts the people it attracts and because this is the fourth of july a little bit of history lesson so when the united states won the american revolution against great britain uh great britain actually snuck ohio into that deal and america was like gosh dang it no we didn't want ohio and great britain's like haha your problem now bro later and then went back to great britain i don't know if you're being serious 
I don't know. It's for the. I, I, I think it speaks for itself. It's for the listener to research. I actually, I actually do have an actual. Well, this could be. So we'll let the listeners listen, uh, figure that out. But this is actually real. Um, another reason why Cincinnati is like prominent is after the uh, the uh, Revolutionary War to get people away from the East Coast. They gave generals. Um, land in Cincinnati so that they can start moving uh, to the Midwest and start populating some of these places. So that's another reason why Cincinnati is the way it is today. Dude, super cool. I love me a good revolutionary <laughs> and civil war. You said civil war, right? I uh, know. I think it was revolutionary war. Oh, sorry. Civilutionary war. <laughs> All right, we're getting we're getting off the rails there for Cincinnati, but anyway, we love to talk about OBJ. And you know what, Reese? Probably like like what's going to happen is he's probably going to play better, and it's not going to be because he's better. It's just like he's telling us why he's going to play better. It's not because of him. It's like yeah, fine. Joe Burrow gets the ball off quicker than Patrick Mahomes. Fine, they utilize their running game a little more. Fine, he doesn't drop back or doesn't scramble as much as as Patrick Mahomes. Like that doesn't make you a better left tackle that doesn't make you the best left tackle in the nfl is kind of the point that i've been trying to ride home here like you are just making yourself worse than what you're saying you are i get it. i mean it's also the fact that not only did the chiefs not paying to the highest paid left tackle there were a lot of teams that needed a quality tackle more than cincinnati did and he sat there in the open market for what was it like three four five days until finally yeah. cincinnati's like all right who's the best tackle available we need some depth Wait, OBJ still out there? Is he better than the guy we have right now? Yeah, let's see if we can get OBJ here on like a pretty you know moderate contract, and that's exactly yeah, what semi team friendly deal. Yeah, a, a quote I'll never forget from Adam Scheffner. He says, "If you don't go day one of free agency, your value drops by almost half." So, yep. sorry, OBJ. Peace out. All right, well, I'm sure we'll have OBJ watch during the season, so stay tuned on our fun banter with them. Reese, let's end the podcast with a couple of fun things. So, uh, Chris Jones went on Twitter, and Chris Jones, we know Chris Jones loves to be Nostradamus, loves to be the the prophesizer. Well, this year's prophecy, Reese, is uh, Chris Jones wants to, or says he will win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, currently on uh, DraftKings, he is the tied for the seventh best right now um, to win those odds. The people in front of him are Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, and Sauce Gardner. Reese, what do you think? You think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year? No. I think you see this a lot across professional sports besides maybe baseball. Is There's always like one or two players a year who's like, yo, I'm going to win Offensive MVP or I'm going to, you know, Player of the Year, I'm going to win MVP this year. I'm going to win this, this, that. It almost never happens. Like, you always bet the field. I think one thing, too, with Chris Jones is that for defensive tackle, that's a position where you really have to look like a dominant force in games. And Chris Jones, don't get me wrong, he's a dominant player, but he's very consistent. He's not super flashy. It's not like you don't see many highlights of Chris Jones, like, immediately just like throwing a tackle. Right, body slamming tackle a guy. Well, side. because he's afraid he's going to get flagged like he always does. Well, I mean, that's also true. I'm saying, you know, like, you look at someone like Bosa or Micah Parsons. Like, Micah Parsons, you know, is going to pick up an offensive tackle like he weighs 200 pounds and throw him to the side. Or, you know, a Bosa is going to, like, swim move a dude out of there and just, like, beat him right off the snap. That's not Chris Jones' game. Chris Jones is a high-motor dude who eventually breaks through double teams and will drag a quarterback down. He's not blowing dudes up, and he's not, like, immediately eating his assignment the way that someone like Aaron Donald does 
the way that, like Warren Sapp does, the way that like I use Indomitian Sue in college as a barometer for what like an like a what's the word I want for like a super dominant interior defensive tackle looks like. You know what I'm fighting? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like yeah, I, I agree with you because he doesn't have he, he has the swagger, but not necessarily like a swagger like Micah Parsons, like you said. By the way, Micah Parsons beat Tyree Kill in that race. Um they had that like race before the Pro Bowl and like Micah Parsons won, I think. So really? he, he looks that that dude's fast. Like he looks fast and he doesn't look very big. He's he's he looks like a smaller guy, but he's just he's so quick and he's very athletic. Okay. Anyway, no, I I love Micah Parsons. Um but I, I I still think that like Chris Jones can easily be the sack leader in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that our defensive line is probably better than last year's defensive line. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but I think I like I, I what the big like if is if Felix um and Udike Ozoma is gonna be good, but like we're assuming Karloftis is gonna be better. We like the guy from the 49ers we picked up, and then Chris Jones is obviously Chris Jones. So I think this defensive line is better, which means I think CJ is going to get to the quarterback a little more. So I agree with you. He might not be defensive player of the year, but he's still going to put up numbers. Yeah, I think for me, it's like Chris Jones feels like a guy who. So his career high in sacks is 15 and a half, right? Not I bad. think if he's going to beat that, if you told me he's going to get like one sack a game and he's going to wind up with like eight, there's 17, I'd be like, you know, I totally buy one sack a game. Yeah, he can have a four sack game. Yeah, that's the problem. Is like to be a super flashy defensive lineman, be it edge or interior, you have to have like two or three games a year where you have like multiple sacks and QB hits, and that to me is what really stands out on the line. So I, he's never been that guy in his career, and I don't expect yeah. him to start now. But again, that's not me complaining. Oh, Chris Jones is great. I'm just saying, in terms of the optics of winning an award like defensive player of the year, I just don't think his play style is what's going to grab the media's attention. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, I definitely agree with you. It's not very flashy. When he does when he does hit the quarterback, it is very exciting, but he doesn't do it every play and doesn't have that. And, like, I mean, what I brought up about him, you know, getting a flag is also very important because Chris Jones also doesn't want to show a lot of swagger. He doesn't want to show his dominance because sometimes if you just tackle someone, he gets a flag. We saw that last year. I forgot who – was that against Josh Allen? Uh, it was Derek Carr. Uh, Remember, that's what got our boy Carl yeah, Sheffers. That's right. There, yeah, there that's right. Against Derek oh, Carr. Yeah, bad. I mean, just just a regular tackle, but they called it crowning or something that yeah. he hit him just because of sheer, you know, sheer dominance. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But uh, love the confidence from Chris Jones, and I'm actually, I, I, I I'm excited to see this defensive line. I think it's going to be exciting, but we'll see. Um, yeah. All right, Reese, let's uh, let's close the podcast. We have a thick, almost hour podcast. Who would have known? Um, let's finish it off with the match. That's right, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes against Steph Curry and clay thompson uh they end up winning in an upset actually uh curry and thompson had a a huge lead or sorry they were huge betting favorites because curry like plays golf and has a golf simulator and he plays a lot um but patrick mahomes he's got that dog in him dude and they they were up the entire game we have a great quote from patrick mahomes too he's like you know normally i i i uh I love to have the other team get a lead, and then I come in and I I have some great TV for y'all. But he didn't. They were up the entire game. Beat beat Steph. Beat Clay. Apparently Clay's awful at, at um, golf. And Travis actually not too bad. So Reese, did you get to watch any of the highlights? Are you watching the game at all? 
You know, I, I saw a few of the things like what was that shot that was circling around before the actual tournament started where Curry hit that drive and like backspin oh, it. Oh yeah, hole. the hole and yeah, that was nice. There's something I I just gonna sound like a mad scientist. I wish we could like study Steph Curry, you know, like donate his body to science, but like what made this guy so good at depth perception and being able to put balls in holes the way he does. Sure. Because, I mean, it's it's just how he is. Like, the, the way he can just pull up from anywhere, and he's like, I know the exact way I need to do this to get <laughs> this object into that hole or bucket or whatever. We, we've never seen that before. Yeah. But kind of like you said, Patrick said, you know, he's a never-say-die kind of guy, and he's super competitive without being a jerk about it the way Michael Jordan was. And I think Pat's <laughs> special sauce in those regards is that he's a fierce competitor, but he keeps his cool in doing it. And... Yeah, man, and what can I say? Travis Kelsey's probably like the greatest guy to have on the golf course alongside you. So good for them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great uh, videos of him using a uh, Gronk's um, uh, chugging mechanism, where they have that like cylinder that you put on the Bud Light, and he chugs yeah. the beer. Draymond tries to chug it, and it's awful. Draymond like can't chug a beer to save his life, which was great because we hate Draymond. Um, <laughs> Hundred uh, million, man. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. Yeah, I guess we can talk about that at some point, too. Uh, we can talk about it on a other summer podcast. Uh, what the hell is going on with the Warriors? But anyway, no, it was great to see Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey get the W. You know, they're they're uh, not uh, underdogs very often, but when they are, it, it gives Patrick Mahomes the edge. And he looked great. He had made a great chip shot. I know right after Kelsey had chugged the beer, he had... Um, he had eagled on a par three, like looked great. And, oh, man, it's like the both of them are just like one of the greatest duos of all time, but also like just like some of the greatest people of all time as well. Like when you have those duos, cause you had like, you know, you have Jordan Pippen, but like not the greatest pairing, right? You got magic and Kareem also had their conflicts, a lot of conflicts. In fact, you got Kobe and Shaq. I mean, the conflicts there are just endless, uh, but yeah. you've got guys like, you know, you got guys like Patrick and Travis who just like, yeah, I'm sure there's some, you know, off, you know, behind the scenes stuff, but for the most part, they just, they're great guys. They love each other and they, they make, you know, each other better. It's just, it's a great duo. It's a great duo athletically and a great duo, you know, friendship wise. That's a very good point to make because I know everyone talks about, you know, Steph and Clay and yeah, they are the splash bros and all that stuff, but you know, if you told me that Steph and Clay didn't hang out much off the court, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Whereas hmm. Pat and Kelsey are just like inseparable. Always hanging out. Yeah. I mean, see, like you said, Clay doesn't golf. I would honestly be curious to see how many holes of golf Pat and Kelsey have played together versus Clay and Steph. And I bet I bet Ooh, they triple comparison. it at least. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think it's Clay actually. Like Clay seems like a very reserved type of guy. I don't think mm-hmm. he's you know he doesn't seem like a very like you know hug it out type of guy or like always going out with the guys cracking jokes even when he does like post game stuff he it's very awkward he's a very serious guy seems very antisocial. but i mean i'm sure they hang out but definitely not like like travis is just having fun also seeing pat you know i think every year we start to see pat open up a little more starting to crack jokes starting to like really you know feel himself and that it's just so fun to watch him like you know because he's such a good guy but at the same time he does have this he's starting to get this swag um like publicly which is really cool so i don't know great to watch it's a great duo dude two super bowl rings will do that to a man what can i say there you go and just like that reese we are uh, almost at an hour so let's wrap it up um anything i missed or anything you want to talk about before we close it up 
Nah, dude. Uh, I'm just going to blow this open one time and let you sit on this, but I think Draymond Green is just Dylan Brooks with two players <laughs> he can hide behind. Although you saw Dylan Brooks got paid too, he got like four. He got uh, four year, like also a hundred mil or something. He got yeah. something ridiculous from the Rockets. I'm telling you, he and Draymond are like the same player, dude. They're just one's in a better situation than the other. Uh, okay, uh, I'll say Dray in his prime was actually his his IQ was was good. Like I, I felt like he could um, not not be the point guard but he was definitely like a better facilitator than we make him out to be um i know in like clutch situations he was pretty good at like getting the ball where it needed to be or like if he had in the post and he was able to see where you know the back screens were i will say that and like defensively i never thought he was a monster going back to our tyson chandler analogy like like tyson chandler was a monster and tyson chandler was like a part of um tim like tim tim thibodeau's or sorry not tim Tom, uh, Tom sorry, sorry, sorry. Tom Thibodeau's like masterful Bulls team, right? And like, like that is dominance. Um, Anthony Davis in his prime, that's dominance. LeBron James in his prime, dominance. Kobe, that's dominance. Draymond Green on on defense, like being this defensive stalwart. I don't know if that's dominance. So I, I will say that comparison with Dylan Brooks, where like they're both these quote unquote defensive monsters but yeah watching i was especially watching dylan brooks against the lakers like he was absolute garbage defensively and of course offensively airballing all the time um so yeah i think if i think if dre was on another team and had to be the start like the star no shot no shot no. of him having a career he would be on the guangdong tigers in <laughs> after a couple of years that's a deep cut. No, I agree with you. Draymond Green is... <laughs> I don't know where this myth came from. Like, Draymond's a locked-out defender. Dude, I, I think, honestly, in, in the he scope of, like... perimeter. <laughs> yeah, right? In the scope of, like, NBA athleticism, I would say Draymond is actually below average to the point that... Sure. You know, now, don't take this personally. When I see him run and move, Magic Johnson also was not very athletic. And he kind of reminds sure. me of his, like, stiff movements of Magic. But the thing is, Magic was an all-time basketball IQ. He was an all-time facilitator. Yeah. He was an all-time finisher. Draymond is an all-time... Right. third wheel <laughs> He's all- and like even even if we go to like the bulls like their their third man was dennis dennis rodman and dennis rodman is actually one of the greatest rebounders in history we know that from the last dance and from um rodman's documentary too where he he actually times the oscillations of the ball like he is actually i i know he has a lot of you know off the court stuff but he's actually a genius like he is actually looking and and he can time every single person on his team he can time what the oscillation is going to be on the ball and that's why he's you know one of the greatest offensive rebounders but also one of the greatest rebounders in the game and like that was the third you know that was the third guy on the bulls so when you compare the warriors and like you know i'm sorry but draymond is not a genius i don't think Um, again i think i think he's good at facilitating when he needs to but you know so is i don't know aaron brooks in 2007 when he was on the rockets with yao ming like whatever (laughs) right yeah and rodman although he wasn't like jump out of the gym athletic rodman could also like post up dudes that were five six inches taller than him and played power forward Mm -hmm. center like Draymond can't do that. If Joel, I honestly, Dennis Rodman would be in charge of like stopping Joel Embiid. Sometimes I bet Draymond that'd is be, not stopping Joel Embiid in the paint. 
not a chance. He's not stopping him. He's not stopping Giannis. I mean, if you look at a lot of the, you know, a, a lot of the Cavs, like look at their Cavs games, right? Like those are prominent. The Warriors versus Cavs when LeBron was there. Who was like Kevin Love? Okay, like, like Kevin Love is what six eight six nine. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. They're like like those teams or those matches that we revere. They didn't have a big post guy, right? Like they didn't. They, they had no. Shaq wasn't even on those teams. Shaq was on the later teams, but like it was you know it was probably Kevin Love, you know, or Chris even Chris Bosh, right? Heat against the Warriors. Chris Bosh wasn't a tall guy. Like there wasn't that dominant guy that if you claim that Draymond Green is this post monster i'm sorry you put him against the best in the league even Jokic, right you can't put him against Jokic even now and he's not a dominant post presence he's just like a post technician yeah 100 percent. yeah thanks for Ooh. listening to our draymond green Ooh. podcast ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah we just we just we just spit soliloquy for four minutes on the nba to end the podcast that's fun hey if you like to let us know uh comment on apple podcast actually stitcher is going away reese so i don't think we're gonna have stitcher very long why am i stitcher they're just abandoning because Spotify and Apple ranking. Wow, Stitcher was big in the early podcast game. I'm surprised yeah, I they still didn't have survive. Stitcher. Yeah, because Stitcher is actually one of the only ones that I think like has good like you can organize your podcast and kind of see where you need to go. Where Spotify doesn't really have a good organization system, I don't think. Uh, but anyway, so they're going to be gone. So if you listen to us on Stitcher, please change your podcast and send us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We'll yeah. see you next time. Uh, hopefully, we have some good news in Chiefs. And if we don't, maybe we'll branch out to something else and talk about something in the dog days of summer. Till then, we'll see you. Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes, and as always... I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. 